This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. It's really gone on. This could be a very short sermon. Uh, but anyway, uh, that'll make up for all the long ones, won't it? <laughs> Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. And just one verse, verse 9. You know it so well. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. In due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. This month we are obviously celebrating the 40th anniversary of this church which began away back in October 1979 when Sally and I uh, came here right at the very beginning. And I'm going to go into the, the early beginnings of the church, as I said, next Sunday morning, tell you how it all started. But however, today, although my message is not unrelated to that, yet it's more about never giving up. The title of the message this morning is, Thou Shalt Not Quit. <laughs> never Giving Up. Sally and I in 40 years have many opportunities to give up and to quit and to say, what's the point? It's not worth the hassle. And all of you in your own lives, I'm perfectly sure, has had opportunities in your life to say the same thing. Uh, I'll throw in the towel. It's not worth it. It's too much bother. I can't be doing with this anymore. But we didn't and you didn't either. And that's why we're all here today and we're still going on and we're still marching on. We're still going forward in the things of God. But life has a way of presenting all of us with challenges, things that may want to make us quit, to give up, to quit on life, to quit on ourselves, to quit on church, and worst of all, to quit on God himself. It would be a terrible loss, of course, if we did that. And sometimes it's a loss, a personal loss, that maybe makes us want to do that. Maybe the loss of a loved one, loss of a husband, loss of a wife, loss of a child. There's all kinds of losses. Maybe loss of a business, loss of health, maybe a debilitating illness that just will not go away. And you get tired and weary in the fight. Maybe a child rebels and gets into serious difficulties and troubles. And so there's all kinds of things and stuff in life that happens that, that maybe for a time just makes you say, do you know what, I, I'm just done, I'm just tired, I'm weary, I, I just give up, I just quit. But don't ever quit. Do not give up the fight. Don't do that. Job was one of the wealthiest men in the East. He was a man that was, the Bible says, was blameless and upright, a man that eschewed evil, he feared God. Yet life dealt him a terrible blow. In one single day, in 24 hours, he lost all of his possessions in just one day. 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 5,000 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, and many servants. And they were either stolen, or they were killed, or they were burnt up in the fields. All of them. And then the same day, worst of all, his seven sons and his three daughters were in the eldest brother's house. They were having a party, and a great storm arose and blew the house on top of them, and all, all of them, all ten of them were killed 
in that one moment. And not only that, at the end of that, his wife said, curse God and die. He was smitten with boils from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. They were so painful and sore. He was taking pieces of broken pottery and he was sitting outside and he was scraping his arms and his legs. Nobody in the history of the world had a worse day than Job. But he didn't quit. And even when his so-called friends, his so-called comforters, miserable comforters, as he called them, when they came along, they blamed him. They said, it's your fault. There's secret sin in your life and God has caught up with you and has exposed you before the whole world. What comforters they were to him. In chapter 3 of Job, it says he cursed the very day that he was born. That's how low he got. And yet, and yet, he did not quit. He did not give up. <coughs> and in Job 13, 15, he says, though God slay me, I'll still trust him. And in Job 23, 10, he says, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. A dear friend of mine, he's in the glory now. He, when I was a little boy, uh, he was an evangelist. He would come into our home very often. He would hold meetings in it. He would bring people from, from abroad, from Africa, from the Philippines, from everywhere. And, and, and so I knew him from as a little boy. And then later on in life, whenever we started here, when the early days, he came here for a while. And uh, I remember on Sunday afternoons, he didn't go home. And he encouraged some of the young people to stay behind and pray in that room over there and fast. You know, it was fasting every Sunday for a long, long time. And, uh, but I remember him telling me, he said, David, it was an Easter convention in Balamina. I was one of the, the speakers at it. There was, in those days, you had conventions, you had several speakers, and they all sat on the platform in those days, waiting their turn. And he said that the speaker before me was, was about to wind up, and he says, I was on next. But he says, what nobody knew was, I was sitting there during that meeting, and I was saying, Lord, this is the last time I'm ever going to preach. My marriage is in tatters. My health is broken. I am emotionally drained. I am just finished. It's over. I'm done. In fact, I feel it just walking out right now, but I'm scheduled to speak, so I'm going to speak. No matter what it is, I'm going to speak. And that's it. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm through. That's it. And he says, that's the way I was sitting. And then the speaker finished. I was to get up, and he got up. He says, open the Bible. I was about to read the text. And he says, all of a sudden... A little old lady who sat at the back, she started to slowly walk up the middle aisle. And he says, I knew there was no seats at the front for her to sit, and she had been sitting at the back. And everybody stopped, and all eyes was on her. And he says, she came right up and stood below me at the pulpit, and she pointed her little bony finger up at me, and she says, thus saith the Lord, don't you dare quit. <laughs> don't you dare quit. And he says, nobody knew what I was sitting, praying and thinking five minutes before that. And he says, you know, that was a life changer for me. He says, that just kept me going. And he kept going to the day he died. In fact, you Filipinos, you may be interested that he's buried in San Fernando in the Philippines. The last time I was there, I tried to find his grave, but I forgot the year he was buried. And as you know, there were thousands buried there. It was a big, massive cemetery. And I couldn't find his grave. One day I hoped to and put a bunch of flowers on it. He was just a great man of God. But he did not quit. Elijah wanted to quit. He had enough. He says, God, it's enough. Take me home. I'm no better than my fathers. I'm done. I'm through. 
John the Baptist wanted to quit. We talked about him the other week. He was finished. He was done. Peter wanted to quit. Peter said to his companions, he says, I go a fishing. It's over. The ministry's through. The dream's ended. I'm done. I'm going to go back to what I was before, a fisherman. And some says, well, we'll go with you. That's how they felt too. Sometimes, though, perhaps it's an illness or an irreversible loss that maybe would prevent somebody continuing in their ministry or their profession or their job or whatever the case may be. In fact, the speaker tonight, Pastor David, that's what happened to him. He may just mention this tonight, I'm not sure, but it was, it was near Christmas time. It was coming up to Christmas. And he says, I was, I was very, very busy, but I found myself getting very, very tired very quickly, really exhausted, tired. And I thought, well, it's Christmas, it's busy, there's a lot on, and I'm getting older. But he says, I went to the doctor just to make sure. And he says, that day changed my life forever when I went to the doctor. He says, I, I had to go to hospital. And he discovered that his heart was terribly failing. I think it was something like 20% was only working in his heart. No wonder he felt tired. And he says, that moment, from that moment, that changed my whole life. I had to lay down the whole ministry. I couldn't preach. I couldn't even go to church. I couldn't visit. I couldn't do anything. Literally. He says, there's times I could hardly lift the cup to drink a cup of tea. That's how bad it was. And, uh, you know, so what do you do? It's his whole life. It's, 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 it's what he trained for. It's what he lived for. It's what his hopes and dreams was in. But because of that, he, all that had to be laid down. But he didn't quit. He didn't quit. Because over the years after that, he discovered another ministry. He discovered that there's lots of people out there had his problem with their hearts too. And he started a ministry called Heart to Hearts. And he built a website contacted people, people from Romania all over the world contacted him and he wrote a book about it and you know and then he, he's a bit of a history buff and then he did a whole history of Moira, still doing that to this day by the way, he'd be here tonight but the important thing was he did not quit, he just didn't give in, he didn't give up, whenever you think of the Apostle Paul and what he went through for the sake of the gospel, you know the, the beatings, the lashings, the imprisonments the shipwrecks, the hungerings, the privations, the plots against his life. In 2 Corinthians 11, which we haven't time to read this morning because time's short today, but if you read that, you'll just see the litany of things he went through and anybody else would have long since given up, but not the Apostle Paul. He just would not do it. He just would not do it. In fact, in 2 Timothy 4, 6 and 7, here's what he said. This is at the end of his life. He knows he's about to be executed. He says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering. Uh, whenever sacrifices are made, there was a, a drink, a libation was poured out upon them first. He says, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. But I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. I didn't quit, he says. That's what he's saying. And don't you quit either. Thou shalt not quit. When the going gets tough, the tough gets going. I know it's a cliche, but it's true. And you'll have lots of opportunities to throw in the towel. I guarantee it in this life. Life will do that. But do not quit. Quitting on God is the worst of all possible choices. 
You live a life of regret. You may become bitter and cynical. You may go back to your old life that you had before. It will not solve your problems. You'll only compound them. You'll turn your back on the, the one who cares for you the most. There's just absolutely just no advantages in quitting, none whatsoever. When you analyze it, do not give up. It will not be to your advantage at all. You may feel that for a while. Demas quit, didn't he? He gave up. He gave up on Paul, who was his mentor. He gave up on ministry. He gave up on God. He just quit having loved this present world, Paul said. Think about it. He might have even written a fifth gospel. He might have written a beautiful epistle. He may become a great evangelist. He could have been a successful pastor and raised up churches, but he did none of those things. And he just drifted away into the ether, as it were, and we never heard of him again. And all that potential he had for God was just absolutely wasted. Jonah did his best to quit too, didn't he? <laughs> he did his absolute best. If ever there was a, a more reluctant preacher than Jonah, I don't know. In the long, illustrious history of preaching and preachers, he tried so very hard <laughs> to disobey the clear commandments of God. Nobody was worse at it than Jonah. God came to him a very clear-cut command, and he did everything he could not to do it. He was given an opportunity by God to initiate one of the greatest revivals in the ancient world. Imagine that. And he refused, and he ran away. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Now, there's, there's no history of, of Jonah ever disobeying God before this, but it's because of who God was sending him to, the Ninevites, of all people, it was bad enough preaching to the hard, stiff-necked Jews. It was hard enough preaching to them. But to the Ninevites, to go to Nineveh, of all the people who were wicked and cruel and pagan, who was ancient enemies of Israel, who did them much harm, who at one time, long before Jonah had taken them into captivity, and God says, go and preach to them. And Jonah did not want to do it. Because he knew if he, had a, if he do, does this, he knows God will forgive them if they repent. And he didn't want them forgiven. He wanted them to be wiped out. Can you imagine a preacher wanting a whole nation of people to be slaughtered and wiped out and God to do it? That's how he felt. And he tried his best to get out of it. And you know the whole story, which we haven't time to go into, and how that... God says, I want you to go east. I want you to go to Nineveh. And he went west. And he went to Tarshish. Nineveh is modern-day Iraq. Tarshish is about Gibraltar, that area of Gibraltar. And he went in the total opposite direction to get away from the command of God. But God wouldn't let him. And God wouldn't let Elijah. And God wouldn't let Peter either. God wouldn't let them go. And so God raised up that great fish to swallow him up. And eventually, in time, he got to Nineveh. And sure enough, he preached. And sure enough, much to his <laughs> anger and annoyance, they repented. And sure enough, God forgave them. And they got a reprieve for a hundred years. He was so angry at God because he knew if these people repent, God's so good, he'll forgive them. And I don't want God to forgive them. I want God to slay them. That's what he wanted. But of course, you would never think that about your enemy. Sure, you wouldn't. Eh? 
I know that you pray for your enemies and you love your enemies and you pray for them every day, don't you? They're on your prayer list, aren't they? <laughs> yes, I'll not repeat that. But anyway, <laughs> it's wonderful things you hear in the front row. <laughs> but never, ever, ever quit. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your calling. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on your ministry. Do not quit. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 9.24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. This is a race we're in, and it's a tough race. I've never run a marathon, and some of you have, but I've never run it. But they talk about hitting the wall, whatever mile is that, is it 18 or 20 miles, you hit the wall, you feel, I cannot put one more step ahead. And sometimes in life it's like that, isn't it? You feel you've hit a wall, you just can't seem to get any further. But do not quit. Keep going on, because it's amazing what God can do. Joshua 1 and 9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of a good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Paul said in Philippians 1, 6, we preached it the other week, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. God's not going to give up on you. Don't you give up on him. Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. When you feel you have no strength, when everything in you is screaming to quit, to get out of it, to lie down, to give up, say, Lord, give me strength. Give me grace. Help me in this situation. And God will help you. He'll give you the strength and grace that you need. And all of us, I'm sure at one time or other as believers, has been in positions at home or family or jobs or business or illness or whatever, and we've, we've got to the place where we just wanted just to lie down and just give up. But we didn't. We kept going on and on in God. Boy, that's the shortest sermon I've preached in years. <laughs> you don't know how much I've left out, but anyway. Here's a little poem. It's anonymous. I don't know who wrote it. It's very familiar to you, but it's called Winners Never Quit. When things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're treading seems all uphill, when friends are far and problems nigh and you want to smile, but you only sigh, when care is pressing you down a bit, Rest if you must, but never quit. Life is queer with its twists and turns, as every one of us sometimes learns. And many a failure turns about when he might have won had he stuck it out. Don't give up when the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Often a goal is nearer than it seems to a faint and faltering man. Often the struggler has given up when he might have won the victor's cup. And he learned too late when the night slipped down how close he was to a golden crown. Success is failure turned inside out, the silver tint of the cloud of doubt. And you never can tell how close you are. It is nearest when it seems afar. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Thou shalt not quit. That's the 11th commandment for today. <laughs> All right.
Let's pray, because we're going to have communion. Are we? Yes, we are. Are we? Yes. Where is it? Oh, it's not the bag? Okay. All right. All right, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that over these many years, uh, ourselves and this congregation and those who are visiting with us today, that, that life is sometimes has been cruel, has dished up stuff that was hard to deal with. But yet, Lord, in your grace and in your mercy and in your strength, Lord, here we are today to thank you, to praise you for all that you have brought each of us through in life. Lord, we look to you whenever we could look to no man and to no one. We looked up to heaven and we says, Lord, help us. And Lord, you did because you're faithful and you're gracious. So we give you thanks, O Lord. We bless you, Lord, for all of these years uh, combined between us, Lord. We have proven your faithfulness in every living thing and every single day. We praise you and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.